Welcome to the debut episode of Pod Awful, a podcast covering the Afterwork Football League, a long-running 32-user Madden online franchise. On today's episode, I bring on the fearless leader himself, RFF. We talk about a little bit of the history of Awful, what goes into his process of assigning users to their teams, what to expect in the Madden 21 cycle, and much, much more. Without further ado, let's get this Pod Awful episode started. Man, get out my way and watch out as I come here we are in the debut episode of pot awful I'm your host of the show, Justin Jones, a.k.a. JFace907, here with After Work Football League Commissioner RFF. Hey, buddy. It's been a long time. How you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's uh, still quarantine season, as we're all well aware. Uh, trying to find ways to pass the time, so what better way than to record a podcast for the upcoming Awful 21 cycle? You have been running this show for how long now? Um, I guess I've been commissioner since Madden 17, but the group has gone back to Madden 15 and the hard at work uh, league on tradition sports. So I, I, we sort of, de facto, we've absorbed that history as well since it was pretty much the same group of guys. So kind of Madden 15 through now and for specifically after work football league, Madden 17 through now. Good gravy. So at least the better part of about six years, four years for this just gr- yeah. this awful group here. That's that's pretty awesome. I got to admit, long-running leagues like that, that's always something that uh, you strive for when you're putting together a group. Um, you mentioned uh, tradition sports. So we actually have seen the group move away from traditional sports. Uh, where can people find us right now? Yeah, well, we have our we have our Discord. And we have a forum on operationsports.com. So um, I guess if you're listening to this, you probably know about our Discord channel. But if you're listening to this, you might also be able to find our forums on operationsports.com, the After Work Football League. Uh, we have our, a little dedicated former, uh, forum on their uh, online section. Now, we've seen leagues evolve from, you know, communication almost used to be exclusively forum-based to now these kind of mediums like Discord and stuff, what kind of advantages does a, a Discord serve compared to just a general forum like we used to use back in the day? Yeah, I mean, we were um, we were probably the first Madden League to use Discord because it was still in, like, alpha when we moved on here. And I think leagues were starting to use GroupMe. And the more I saw the features of it, um, we really, I didn't even intend necessarily to move away from tradition sports entirely, but I just realized that the engagement on forums was getting less and less and that um, something like a Discord just had so many features in terms of the different channels and a lot of things that you would do in terms of creating threads, things like that on a, a forum. Um, you know, you could do in Discord, you could keep things very well organized, arguably more so in a lot of ways than a forum um, with that, you know, day-to-day chat component that forums tried to have but it was really tough to to have that stick whereas in discord it's just sort of front and center and so i personally think that you know yes the days of the forums and tso and all that was fun and i wasn't on tso as far back as a lot of you guys were but you know i've had been 
part of plenty of forum communities and it, and it, it definitely was, was amazing in its time. But, um, I think the engagement is in, in a lot of ways also stronger in a, in a discord where it's more about the day-to-day chat. Yeah. It definitely seems like more of the gaming world in general is moving off of forums and websites and more to that live interaction discord type format. I mean, not to mention we all pretty much live from our pockets now with our cell phones and smart devices, just those push alerts and everything can, I mean, you can get a hold of someone just as fast as you would a text message with a simple uh, Discord uh, mention, as I, I want to say, that's what they call them. But yeah, yeah just, I mean, even just managing a leak from a communication standpoint, you know, on a forum, you know, you hope everybody logs in every day and sees a uh, forum post. And even if most of the league is right now, you know, and, and I think hopefully people are, are sparing about this, but, you know, obviously I'm, I'm at everyone, you know, pushing notifications to their phone. And if they don't get it, you know, you're not going to be in the league very long. And because there's no excuse not to get it as long as the leagues are not just constantly blowing you up over silly stuff. So um, really the communication piece, that's a, that's a great point, is, is just a much, much easier to do now in the world of mobile, mobile apps. Definitely. Now, you uh, wanted to carve out some time here to talk about the three tent poles of Awful. So I want to give you the floor here to just go over those and what they mean to the league. Yeah, this is a question that like right when we were starting after work football league, um, someone asked me on like a similar type of inaugural podcast before the league, because, again, even though our group transitioned over there, there was a little bit of like, you know, light drama, I suppose. Um, you know, it was a different league. It was kind of a split off. The other league hadn't completely um, ended yet at that point. And so it was a good question. It was kind of like what it, you're, you're suddenly a commissioner of this group. Like, what it, what is the point? Like, what are, what is this all about? And um, the, the answer that I had then hasn't changed to this day. And I don't think it'll ever change. Like as long as we're a league, uh, which is the three things we care about. And it's been a few years, but I wanted to reinforce it, um, because it really does inform every single decision we make is number one is realism. And I use that word instead of SIM, because a lot of times in the SIM community, SIM, the, like the word SIM gets conflated with fair and fair is not always realistic. Right. But I can always look to the NFL and say, that's realism and we're never going to hit it perfectly, but that's always the model that we, that we use to say, all right, is, is this decision going to get us closer to that or further away from that? And that is sort of an anchor point for every decision. Um, number two is activity and fun one through 32. And that sounds corny and cliche, but what I mean by that is there's a lot of leagues out there. And I think a lot of us have either witnessed it or been a part of one where they're really kind of fun factories for 10 or 12 guys. Right. And the rest of the league is kind of a revolving door. And, you know, those leagues put stress on seniority is, is like a prominent thing. And I totally get it. Like you want to reward people that have been part of the league for a long time. But a lot of our philosophy is, you know, if you, if you come in and you are a quality member you know, I want to make you have a, a great time in the league. So you're, you're going to get one of your top handful of team choices and, and oftentimes your number one choice whenever we possibly can. You know, you're not going to be up against, you know, seniority-based team building challenges, et cetera. So, I mean, obviously, if someone is brand new day one, they're, you know, we, we, we do things to make sure they don't tear their team apart, that sort of thing, just to protect the team and the league. But for the most part, we want to make sure that if, if you're not someone making the playoffs every year, you know, what are the avenues to really have a lot of fun here? And that leads to league stability, which leads to a better league. So, it, it you know, we all win when that happens. But I think a lot of the leagues um, are, are really, like, 
prioritizing just 10 or 12 guys. And then the third is team building. No surprise to anybody. Obviously, that's why we do simulated seasons. There's some challenges with sim seasons, you know, scheduling the next year. Sometimes you get some of your strongest users might even get a high draft pick, which is never something you love seeing. But um, since team building, uh, those simulated seasons allow us to prioritize team building and get further into the file. It's just every time we've even remotely talked about hey, you know, for all the challenges of a sim season, do we want to consider get, getting rid of it? It's always just been a really easy decision because um, having those back-to-back -back off seasons and being able to get seven seasons in despite being a 72-hour league, um, it, it's a no-brainer given our priority of team building. So even even this summer as like, you know, Husker and myself and Saren and now NB as we kind of, and, and oftentimes I'll chat up other members of the league just to get their opinion on stuff. Like oftentimes like tough decisions are not tough because you know, I, I know the three things that are our key values. And so any decision, I'd say 90% of the time, it's pretty clear w which way, you know, supports one of those three temples. Wow. That right there just blew my mind. I mean, I kind of always had a feeling about this and I remember you discussing it, you know, a long time ago, but to really hear it again, just awesome. And I think that's those three temples are why uh, after work football league is where it is. And, you know, as long running as it has been, and has always been a pleasurable experience. Um, I appreciate that. So let's, yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and we talked about the past and the background. Let's get into the current right here, the Madden 21 cycle. So as everybody knows, uh, Madden 21 is actually going back to a more traditional release date towards the end of August. It had been actually, if this were the last two cycles, we'd actually be expecting it to hit shelves probably this Friday, um, if not the next Friday after. Um, how do you feel about the game moving more into a uh, closer to opening kick release date versus the opening of training camp release date like we were getting in the last two cycles. Unfortunately, I think this is actually a bad thing. I get that they probably didn't have a lot of control over it, but you know, I've 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 been very complimentary of the game releasing, you know, weeks earlier in the past even though it's resulted in a shorter summer. I figured, you know, it would kind of stabilize and then it'd be back to the same same old summer but you know nfl hype is already here right if it weren't for covid we'd all be like kind of gearing up for nfl hype and so you want the cycle to align as closely as possible with that because when the league is not starting until you know the very very end of august and honestly if it comes out the 28th we're probably that means probably the league isn't starting until the first few days of september um yeah, i remember the days when we would start on september 10th or 11th or 12th and that means the the league stretches into like end of may or even very beginning of june and that was like a month and a half ago it just it it after the draft things get to be a slog right for everybody and and i acknowledge that and so when things start at the very beginning of april you really like the draft hits there's this one like last burst of excitement for the nfl and we're usually wrapping up within two or three like two weeks after that honestly for a lot of people so now it's going to go on like another month so it, it you know I, I don't love it but you know it, it won't be a big deal for the cycle no i think it awful is strong enough to where that this you know We'll just see our tenure go farther into the summer, like you were saying, um, with the more fall start date. Um, me, I'm actually partial to the later release date, if only be only for roster accuracy. I know some people love having that guy that True. didn't make the team in real life that, you know, they got to, hey, this is my guy. He's he's my dude. I, I you know, the, the real team cut him, but I kept him and I developed him. But I mean, I like that realism. I like having that guy on the team that actually is on the team when you watch on Sundays. Might just be me and my, yeah, you know, pickiness with rosters, but you know, it's it's something that having the later start will give you that more realistic feel. Um, and trades and like late free agent signings, etc. Yeah, it, it's a it's a very valid point. 
Yeah, I mean, it's basically the, the NFL is set up to where once the teams cut down their rosters to 53, they're essentially cutting them down to 51, 50 because they they want they want to add guys that they saw tape on in the preseason and with a later start date to a Madden cycle, you get those guys that the team in real life wanted to add on and that's kind of a cool thing to me. I mean, look, look at last cycle, the Tunsil trade to Houston happened I think like a week or 10 days after we started our file and we had made a hard and fast rule and we'll have the same one this year. We'll we'll push the file start as long as we can without pushing the league, but the moment we create the file, like that's when our alternate reality begins. And so like, even if it's the night before, we'll, we'll kind of make it happen. But um, so suddenly I'm playing with a, like a different Texans team than with Laramie Tunsil there. And I have obviously like all those draft picks still. So it is a little bit strange. You mentioned your Texans. So I'm going to start our team selection process with that exact question. You have chosen to move off of your favorite and beloved Houston Texans for the 21 cycle. Uh, ultimately, what went into that decision? Yeah, I've been like teasing this for a while, and I really thought I would still probably end up on the Texans this year. Um, I didn't have them number one. I had Lions number two, and I had Texans number three or four, I think. I think 49ers I had number three, so I think Texas four. So I still thought I'd end up on them. Um, it's been five years in a row. For those I mentioned hard at work where we all kind of started – a lot, so the, those that were around back then know my very first season Texans were I, I never played online before in Madden and it was Keller's League and the Texans were taken so I played a cycle as the Lions and so I really kind of became like a not like a big fan but like a secondary NF, NFC Lions fan always like vaguely followed them and since there's no rivalry between there and the Texans I used to live in Chicago so I knew a bunch of like Lions and, and Michigan people um, and so you know the I, I hated the Bob trades and really it's not that like oh man you know, the idea of starting with a young offensive line was exciting. Like it wasn't so much that, oh, man, I couldn't I wouldn't want to handle the moves. It's just as a as an IRL fan, I was very turned off by Bob. And so this just seemed like a good time. And there, there were a couple people that said they were like down to take the Texans. And not a lot of people had the Lions on the list. And the other two teams on my list were in popular demand. So, yeah, it just kind of worked out right on. Now, you had mentioned um, like putting teams in a list. What ultimately goes into the awful uh, team selection process? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I've thought about, like, I've sort of debated internally, like, how transparent to be. Because, I mean, I'm very transparent about, like, here's the main factors, right? Like, the two, the two biggest factors by far are fandom, right? If you're, like, a, a regular member and you're a big fan of a team, you're going to get the inside track. And the only reason you're not going to get the team typically is if, you, if there's another fan. Obviously, we saw that with, like, Husker. Now that Cheese has kind of played here for about a cycle and a half or two, um, you know, they're now uh, on, on somewhat of a rotation there. Um, or if you are a fan of a team, but you only take that team like every three or four years, you know, when it's convenient, then I kind of like, it's not quite the same thing as like Otto always wants the Broncos, right? He's like diehard. He always wants the Broncos. So until we get another Broncos fan of here, it's probably not going to be a big surprise that he's going to get the Broncos, um, unless he just decides not to some cycle. Um, so that's the big biggest part. And the other is like, have you completed one full cycle? You know, I mentioned earlier, I don't want seniority to be a big thing. I don't want to do a thing where, you know, we have 15 core members and somebody joining knows that no matter how long they're in the league, they're never going to have been in the league as long as these 15 guys, right? That's just, that sucks. Um, but I do think it's important to say, hey, if you've completed a full cycle, 
you know, you're certainly going to get priority. That said, I mean, we want guys that are starting with us in a new cycle, and there's about five or six guys that are starting this cycle that joined this past cycle, so they're still new-ish, but I want to set them up for success. So I think all those guys, except for one who is a, an amazing sport about it, I don't just do it out of, out of left field and, and put, a, put a, someone on a team that that wasn't on their list without talking to them about it first. So he was a great sport about it. I won't say his name, but he's one of the newer guys. But everyone else got like one of their top, you know, three to, to six teams. And so even the newer guys, like when I say it's not like, you know, the top priority, like still the goal is to get them on one of their teams that they really want, right? Because that's what's going to set them up for a successful cycle. If It, it doesn't really matter whether, the, whether it's fair or not, because if they get a team that they don't like, they're not going to stick around and you're going to have an unstable league. Um, and then finally, secondary factors. And on a, on a team by team basis, this is not a major factor, but I do sort of look at the overall picture and balance to make sure that um, there's going to be tougher divisions and and dis- divisions that are not as obviously tough on paper, and that's obviously fine. That's unavoidable. I'm not trying to make all the divisions easier, or excuse me, equal. But I do look at like conference balance a little bit, um, and I do at least keep an eye on division balance. So you know, if if there's like two ways to do it, and both both ways are going to get people on teams they like at about the equal rate. And I will like literally almost math it out to where I say like, you know, if I bump this guy over here, you know, this guy jumps down three spots and this guy jumps down five spots. So that's like a net loss, right? So I'm really trying to make it as optimal as humanly possible while still keeping an eye on like balance and things like that. So what you're saying is you don't purposely go FIFA on us and make a, a group of death and a group of life and all that <laughs> stuff. You try and keep us balanced. It happens naturally. It, it happens anyway. Like, I mean, look at like, I would say AFC East is an example. You know, Pest is a Jets fan. Arlen's a Dolphins fan and one of the Arlen's. Um, Bills were really super high on G-Star's list. I think they were number two. So when Keller bowed out, like that just seemed like a natural fit there. Um, and who else? Yeah, Coach Lewis is actually a very solid player. And he's kind of a very flexible, like put me anywhere you want. He, he, he definitely said he was down for the Patriots. Group, like divisions of death or, or tough divisions are kind of going to happen no matter what. So you don't even need me to manufacture them. They will happen. Shout out to the AFC North, my uh, former division. Y'all just got so much stronger and I'm happy to be out of there. I mean, good Lord, you got some solid uh, talent in that group. So pleasure to be stepping aside from it and avoiding that one. <laughs> I hear there's some sick teams in that division this year. And all of them, for the most part, at least have some sort of uh, future to build to, whether it's a Joe Burrow or just an overall young roster like you've got in Cleveland. Um, the future of the league and Lamar Jackson over in Baltimore. And then, I mean, the Steelers are the Steelers. They build consistency. That's their, I mean, as much as it pains me to say this as a Browns fan, they are the franchise every NFL franchise aspires to be with their stability and consistency. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. It's there's Let's, not a there's not a bad CF team in that division. No, especially you know in an alternate reality standpoint, and you know in a, a mad league like ours. Uh, let's let's go. Did you have to go through any tough decisions this cycle in terms of either you know what user had to hit the chopping block or just you know man, I don't know if he's gonna like this team, but he's got to go here. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of little tough decisions. I guess the one that pops to mind um, is. There, there was a guy who really the only way to get him on one of his top like five or six teams was to stack a conference so lopsidedly that it just would would have not been great for the league. And so, like I said before, what I'll do is I'll kind of like chat a guy up and be, say, hey, like I'm not saying 100% I can't do it, but it would really be better if we could find some other teams. 
here's here's like you know a list of teams or if you can just actually i think with, with him i just like can you send me some extra teams knowing that i kind of need you in another conference if at all possible i was like if 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 there's no other teams there at all that are all appealing, you know, let me know and I'll find another avenue. But like I said, he was very flexible. He knows who probably who I'm talking about. Really appreciated it. Um, he is one of the newer guys, and he, he he made it very easy. So basically, said I'd be cool with any of these teams. Gave me a list, and was able to get him on one of those teams. It's just, so it's not one of his top choices, but I still want to make sure that I'm not just blindsiding a guy, you know, on reveal day, and he's like, wait, what? WTF? Like, how am I on this team? Like, that, that team <laughs> sucks, right? I, I, I think we've done a good job of getting between 30 and 31 teams on a team they really want. Like, and I'm, I'm saying if it's one of your top five choices, I'm counting that as a team that you really want. Because most leagues you can't just walk into and get a top five choice. But I fully acknowledge there's usually every year one or two guys that I really like have a tough time getting onto one of their top five or six choices. And this year was probably the toughest yet. We just had a lot of teams like, or like probably about four or five teams that popped up on like a ton of lists. And so uh, I've always been like kind of surprised at how varied the lists are in years past. Um, you always have some popular teams, but it, you'd be you'd be shocked at like how varied that is. And I attribute that to the fact that you know, we're stable. People know we're going to get seven seasons in. So, right, you I, like as a commissioner, I can pick the Lions knowing it's not going to be a particularly great team to play with season one, but I know we're going to get to season four and season five and so on. So you have that faith. And I think that therefore we have users that will pick really interesting or, or challenging teams as a result of that. Um, whereas, you know, a, a, a league that doesn't have that stability, I think it's a lot tougher to, to, to get that buy-in. But this year, yeah, we did. We had kind of four or five teams that showed up on a ton of lists, and that obviously made it a little bit tougher. Definitely. There's always those teams that, you know, especially once draft night concludes, you're like, oh, man, yeah. those are going to be those are going to be the teams that everybody's going to be, you know, looking after. Uh, those are going to be the teams that everybody's going to have on their list because in a stable league like ours, you know, they they know they're going to get development. They've got already some uh, talent that's already on the roster. So they're set for the short term and then they're well off for the long term. So definitely could see, you know, good four or five teams making everybody's list just on that alone. Um, I put I, I told you to think of some like features and changes. We don't often see um, new things when it comes to the actual game itself. Um, but I understand that you are looking to add some new some pizzazz almost to, to the league um, feel this year. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, I'll touch on, obviously, we like, we, we made the announcement. So, you know, what I'm most excited about by far is the compensatory picks. Um, you know, I, I think we probably have more new stuff coming for the league in terms of either improvements or, in this case, like a completely brand new feature um, that we've probably had in, in a long time. I think Slug Draft, when we wanted to do that, that was a game changer. Um, and there's probably a couple more that I'm not thinking of that were big time, but I think I think compensatory picks will just be really cool. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like single-handedly as impactful as like the draft or free agency, obviously. But I think it's really important um, because it does incentivize to let you know teams to let players walk if they're kind of on the bubble. You're not really sure whether whether you want to resign them but they are a skilled player and you have the cap because it's Madden. So of course you have the cap um, mostly joking at that point, it has gotten a little tougher. Um, but the point is like those guys, you know, you, you would always do one of two things before you'd either, either sign them because you had the cap or you would trade them for whatever pick you could get. Right. Like and you'd see, I'd see guys trading quality veterans for like fifth rounders. And I'm like, why? So with a compensatory pick, if you know that like you're getting at least a fifth rounder back with a compensatory, just for letting him walk, you, you, there's no incentive for you to trade him, right? You're going to let him walk to free agency. 
Um, or you might even get lucky and he gets a big contract and you get a fourth rounder back. So suddenly like the, the calculus changes on the value of trades of those like decent veterans. Um, it just doesn't make sense to let to trade somebody for, you know, a fourth rounder if you're going to get a fourth or a fifth rounder back anyway while they play on your team for a year. Nice. And I, you know, looked over those announcements. Uh, I haven't disclosed this yet, but I'm actually not a part of the league so far this this year. I will I will be opening the year on the wait list. Um, so I'm definitely, you know, you're the unbiased, amped, observer. so to speak. Yeah, I'm the unbiased observer and I'm definitely amped to see how this all pans out. In fact, I kind of almost want to take a seat, you know, for maybe a season or two just to see how this, you know, is implemented and the way it looks so that, you know, I can just immerse myself in it and, you know, really hit the ground running as soon as as soon as I get to, you know, my uh, my card pulled, so to speak. Um, any question marks that's coming into your head so far regarding this uh, setup this year or really anything you're hesitant about? Not to go too negative on it. No, it's fine. Let's let's I think it's a good opportunity for us. So I, I would say that, you know, we have and like on our little little commissioner chat, which isn't used very often, we have like gone through in detail, like the process start to finish, because it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing if you get into the thick of it and you realize, oh, my gosh, like, you know, this is going to slow this this part of the off season down by two days. And that actually really matters when, we're, when we have back to back off seasons. Right. We've shaved the off season down to like the, the fastest we can possibly go. So or we get to a certain point, we go, uh oh, like Husker found a point where we we couldn't do something at a particular stage of the league i mean literally in game that we wanted to do so we had to like pivot and come up with a workaround so we've really like thought through the like the inner workings like the just the the boring blow by blow of like how we would actually do it so i feel pretty good about it um there's like probably one or two like minor things to flesh out but like i, I think we pretty much have the process lined up i think that in order to make it successful um, and I was, and this will probably come out, you know, closer to release. Um, education is going to be a get big thing because while nobody wants to admit it, the reality is not everyone's like a huge cap geek like me, or, or you know, I've immersed myself into the compensatory rules. I knew them kind of vaguely before this process, but now I'm a lot more um, educated about it. Um, so I feel like our formula um, will mirror the real rules probably 95%, maybe 90% at the worst. Um, so it's going to be very, very accurate. Not 100% precise, but very accurate. But I need to make sure that everyone in the league understands not just like, not just like, hey, let me give you a formula, or not just, hey, let me show you the criteria, because that's actually all spelled. I don't think a lot of people realize that's actually spelled out in the CBA. Um, so there's not as much mystery around compensatory picks as I think people think there is. Um, but not only that, like, what are things that teams do in real life to like as a strategy? Um, and just a general ballpark strategy to make sure that like there's at least like a baseline understanding that we're all as long as people are paying attention to me like they should come into this um, league like I'll give an example like one of the one of the ways that compensatory picks work is it's not oh hey you lose a free agent you get a pick what it does is it looks at like the total amount of free agents that you gained and the total amount of free agents that you lost and they start canceling each other out and they have different values and whatever's left over so like say say you gain five and lose seven right the five that you gained are going to cancel out five of the ones that you lost and so you're going to be left with two right? Seven minus five, two. So you're going to get probably two picks depending on how good those players are and, and what, how big of a contract they sign. So one aspect of the strategy is 
when possible, you want to sign a bunch of guys in the same offseason or let guys all walk and not sign many people in the same offseason, right? Because you're maximizing. Like if you sign a bunch of guys, you don't want them to cancel out a bunch of people that's, that are le- is leaving your team and vice versa. You don't want to like let five key free agents walk and then sign five okay free agents and just cancel them all out. You don't get any compensatory picks. So th- and, and not every team does this well, and there's obviously – a lot of factors like if you, you don't want to like not go over after an amazing free agent just because of a cancellation but the point is and hopefully this isn't too far down the rabbit hole but the point is like that is a strategy and you'll see teams like if, if i were to post right now like who the compensatory uh, free agents are and i think i've done this in the past you'll see a team like miami signed like 10 guys and didn't let a single guy walk that's a team that at least for right now understands that process whereas like someone like the patriots will oftentimes not sign a single free agent if, if they're letting guys walk um, Eagles are another team that's really good about it. So you almost like when possible, you want to pick a lane. So that's an example of like strategy. And I think there's an educational component that is necessary here. You, whoa. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> it's a lot, right? Have, it, it's a lot, but I will tell you, man, th- just your knowledge and the passion that comes through when you're talking about this stuff. I think that's another component as to why awful is successful because clearly you give a crap. <laughs> if that whole it's also because I'm just, a horrible person you know. <laughs> and I want to like set everyone up to be as good as humanly possible and then beat them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that isn't the truest thing I've heard, because I mean, I can't, I can, I can't even count on one hand how many times you dropped in my DMs to give me tips and then you know proceeded to beat my butt with the counter of those tips. <laughs> But hey, it yeah. made me better as a player. <laughs> Actually, you took me to down play one time. Everyone a that wasn't ago. you. Couple cycles ago, I did. I had the, you know, a yeah. blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. Hey, I think you almost beat me last cycle Let's, too. Eh, that's uh, that almost is probably my uh, favorite word in the dictionary. But, uh, let's let's talk about the future of awful here as we wind down towards the end of our debut episode of Pot Awful. Uh, so we've got uh, I don't know if you've heard, man, but we've got this whole new generation of consoles coming out here in the holiday season. How do you yeah. see awful transitioning into the next gen? Yeah, I actually think this cycle is going to be pretty easy unless there's any type of cross play, and that's that, you know assuming it's not like the only the only way I could see next gen. Um, even having anything to do with the cycle is if there's like cross play, which I haven't heard anything about. And if that cross play is like proven to not interrupt anything, you know, with, with the file or anything like that, we don't want to be the Guinea pigs on that one. We saw, we had a Christmas miracle once already this past, uh, this past cycle. I think most people were here for it, but, uh, we don't, we don't need to test fate too many times. Um, so I, I don't see any spinoff happening. Um, if somebody really wants to go run a spinoff league with under the awful brand, I'm not necessarily hundred percent opposed to it, but it's probably not going to be worth the work that you want to do to make that happen. Um, but what I do foresee most likely is that Madden 22 will be next gen. I do think that, um, I'm kind of a move forward, not, not stay in the same tech i do understand also that when you say something like that like no matter what lane you pick there there's probably going to be a couple of guys that fall off right because if you if we say we're sticking with xbox one well there's gonna be some guys are like you know what like i have the new console the graphics look much better um and i want to do that and if you say we're moving next gen there's probably gonna be a couple guys that don't really want to spring for the next generation console i totally respect that but you have to pick a lane so most likely madden 22 i just don't really see a scenario unless things are just 
you know, a nightmare where that's not um, next gen. But in a perfect world, um, there will be cross play, right? And then we won't have to ask guys to choose. But that's that's kind of how I see it happening. Gosh, we you know we've talked about cross play for years in the gaming community, and it's still even though we've talked about it and talked about it and see it in some games such as Rocket League and uh, I believe Fortnite has it, a couple others. Um, just the ability to expand the user base to include not just the Microsoft gaming platform, but the Sony gaming platform, or maybe even to include somebody out in the PC world. That would just be, and then, you know, crossing between generations, if it was all possible, especially with something like smart delivery that is already going to be known to optimize the game for the console that you're playing it on. It just seems whole new world and just... I mean, it looks like we're finally getting towards the Jetsons. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that Madden 22 would be crossplay, but I just don't know how much Microsoft is going to be like incentivized to do that. You know, to to do a lot of work. I say Microsoft, I meant EA. Uh, be incentivized to do that for a lot of work for a, a, a pre what by then will be a previous generation. So I just don't have a lot of faith. <laughs> um, obviously, they it, they're really strong now in terms of like backward compatibility, but that's not an EA thing. That's a Microsoft thing. Um, I think crossplay would require both EA and Microsoft, and that's kind of where I lose faith, obviously, um, because I just don't have faith in the EA part. I actually have faith in the Microsoft part. They're incentivized to do it. They want people to be able to, you know, be on Xbox Live and kind of play wherever they are. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I hope I'm proven wrong, but I just personally don't think we're going to see crossplay um, in Madden 22. But if there is, then that'd be fantastic. Absolutely. And I want to let you go with one last question here, just based on, you know, we've talked about crossplay and everything else, but just Madden as a whole. We have seen through uh, Generation Jumps that they have chosen to develop both games and try their best to develop both games, usually with the current gen uh, game coming out the better. NHL, still EA Sports, but the NHL franchise has elected to bypass the next generation until their 22 cycle. Where do you ultimately stand with developers and how they try and balance the, the generational gap? I mean, I don't have a, a particularly educated opinion about this one because I'm not a developer, but I fall into the line of like, get it out there on the new console, even if it's just like a graphical upgrade. Um, just to, I mean, for, for one, I think you want to be front and center with players on the new console if I were on, and just from a business perspective, but... Um, I, I totally understand if you're like uh, rolling out a new game right now, like Madden is an example where, you know, the, the next gen's not even out and it'll only be out in, you know, a few months after Madden releases, like the difference between the two games is probably very minimal. I assume that like the next gen will look a little bit nicer. The loading screens will be a little bit faster, but for the most part, it's going to be a virtually identical game. And I'm assuming that NHL felt that it would be kind of like that but i still <laughs> i still personally think it's worth getting it out on the next gen even if it's like virtually identical game if nothing else because i would want people playing nhl i'd want playing people playing madden if they're anything like me i'm going to pick a console the day that i plug in my next gen console is the day that xbox one gets unplugged forever i just don't like having to flip back and forth i don't like you know having two or three consoles sitting around i'm kind of a just pick a lane and go with it type of guy so like you know that just means i wouldn't be able to play nhl for a cycle i'd rather just have the same game on a next gen console even knowing it's basically the same game as what i could have gotten on you know on a previous gen i can totally understand that and definitely see where you're coming from there well man rff it was great having you on the debut episode this was more of a teaser you know we'll get we'll get into more of the nuts and bolts of this thing and we'll give you some real team previews and everything else come down the road 
going to hoping to have at least one representative from every division uh, before first kick of Afterwork Football League for the 21 cycle. But for this episode of Pod Awful, RFF, man, it was great having you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a good time, and I look forward to future episodes. Thanks, man. Absolutely. You have yourself a good night. And for all of Awful and all you strangers that happen to be listening, take care of yourself. Stay safe. Wear your mask.